chez tous les amis, les grands et les petits, regardez bien. Le cœur fier et le malin, voici venir au loin votre ami Saturnin. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Infernal Brains podcast. I'm Tars Tarkas from TarsTarkas.net. And I'm Todd Statman from Die Danger, Die Die Kill, a.k.a. 40K. And the Infernal Brains have returned after taking a leave of absence for some important brain business. Indeed. Yes, to bring you what is probably a very legendary semi-lost film. Yeah, you'd think that after being gone for so long, we'd want to return to cozy territory, but I think we're actually going into a lot of uncharted waters with this new episode. A lot of firsts with this episode. I think we're excursioning, if that's a word which it isn't, to the outermost reaches of our understanding and maybe even our intelligence with this one. Yes, we're also... It's not the first time we've hit this continent, but it's the first time we've hit France. Indeed. Yes. We might as well get on with it. The film we're going to talk about is, well, forgive my horrible French, but... Un fait passe comme la terre. That's good. Just mangled up, but it's best known in America as The Secret of Magic Island. Indeed. And it, it has a reputation uh, as being a pretty rare and sought-after film. There was even a piece about it in the Huffington Post a while back, where for people who'd never heard of it, like myself, you got to read about what a sought-after film it was by cult film enthusiasts. And we I found had, it. Yeah. It <laughs> turned out to be not as... Well, sort of not as lost. The the lost version is apparently actually lost, but we have a non-lost version, which is slightly different. <laughs> so the I like that in my lost films that yeah. they actually be lost. Yeah. So I first ran across the Secret of Magic Island as a trailer on the something weird video DVDs that they throw mm -hmm. in. And it was a trailer about a film that had all animal cast and a monkey and mm -hmm. it was obviously meant to be a matinee for children because they said that several times during the, the trailer, but it was animals doing human things and all animals, and it just looked amazing. And I immediately went to search for it and found it was not existing anywhere. And I was like, mm -hmm. no! <laughs> yeah, it, I understand why you said animals and a monkey because you're used to seeing monkeys anthropomorphized in movies, but this has a sort pretty odd assortment. We've got, like, hens foxes, uh, pretty much every kind of animal that you would think would be a nightmare to get to do people things, um, you know, hamsters and, and whatnot. It all adds up to a pretty, pretty memorable and strange experience. Yes. And, but, let's see, let's backtrack and go. And, but, if so, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the original version which is French, is written and directed by uh, Jean Touraine, who is a French photographer who gained fame by photographing with his photographs of animals. Eventually he made this film, which, according to what I've read online, he built most of the sets himself and did most mm. of the animal training and manipulation of the animals, although he probably yes. had assistance for some of the scenes. Yeah. And... He crafted this whole story about animals on a secret town, mm -hmm. and they live their lives, and they do all sorts of neat people yeah. things, like driving cars and going yeah. to the circus. 
And of course, the town is a utopia. It's a yes. utopian animal society. Yes. Except for one thing, the the monkey. Yes. There's a very long, pretty pretty complex narrated prologue where it really it sets up the story, and it's uh, <laughs> you know, I was like, wow, really, do we need all this? I mean, we just let's get to the animals, you know, cutting other animals' hair and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, something about a fairy, which is. The translation of the French title is, as far as we can get it, is a fairy like no other. But there's something about a fairy. Did the fairy make the island, or is the fairy just kind of like... I think the fairy is their protector. Is their so, protector, okay. Yes. And the, so, the, yeah, go the ahead. The fairy is very lazy, though. And, doesn't and even also have... never seen yeah. <laughs> in the entire movie, ever. <laughs> ever. Yep. So, so we can call them the, this fabled... This so-called fairy mm-hmm. is engaged in a life-and-death struggle with the villain, which is, in, at least in the version we watched, is called the Black Troll. The result of the... It all sort of seems like the intro to a Shaw Brothers kung fu movie or something yeah. but the, you know with where you have like the thunder sword or something in this case it's the fairy's wand magic wand is hidden away because that's what the black troll is after so it's hidden away in a special case with an with a secret code that's the only way to unlock it mm-hmm. and and then we and and this is Quite a highfalutin prelude set up for a movie where we're basically going to be watching hamsters ride little motorcycles and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. The neat thing about this film is there's maybe 20 minutes of actual plot and the rest is like animals just wandering around doing their day and having yeah. fun. Or at least what would be fun if they were humans. Right. Yeah. What, what would be fun if they had actually wanted to do it and there wasn't some human holding their paws, you know? Yeah. Uh, among these things, and, and very absurd combinations of animals, too. I think the most jaw-dropping scene in this is where hens go to the beauty salon, and the stylist is a fox, and mm-hmm. there's a scene of a fox washing a hen's hair, unquote. The mm-hmm. hen does not look very happy about it, and the ha- and the fox is just rubbing its paw on the hen's head. Is this just, you know, is this a world where the hens have become so dominant that their service industry is staffed by their former predators, you know? Yeah. It's, it's pretty strange. It's weird because the fox looks like he's having a grand old time being manipulated by the people, too. So. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, he looks a little sad, I thought. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, a big portion of the movie is the circus coming to town so it's the animal circus so a big chunk of the movie is the different animal acts the Mm -hmm. the different things that the animals do and so a lot of what you get is a lot of shots of animals that are supposed to be spectating the circus where it's just basically animals staring off into the middle distance (laughs) which is very hard to make exciting but there's a narrator and he tries to pump it up with as much mm-hmm. emotion as possible yeah. and, and wonder of course yeah and the animals do things that spectators do like eat ice cream bars and some <laughs> some of them are smoking which is <laughs> yeah yeah if you've if you've always wanted to see a rabbit eat a popsicle <laughs> 
this is the film for you. I found that, I, I mean, I did find this film really hypnotizing. It's very, I mean, it's hard to really put across. I mean, I've seen other films where the animals were characters, you know, things like The Incredible Journey and, you know, and Lancelot Link, you know, things with monkeys. But there was just something about this, the way it's done, that's just so strange and so obsessive, you know, sort of the whole the whole miniature city and just this and the fact that uh, Jean Terrain only did these kind of things I mean he yeah. didn't do other films with people all he this was his deal was was making animals do people things and filming it just has this whole huge setup and then some of the scenes here you could tell he really liked what he created because there's just full of energy like when you first see the train there's mm-hmm. all these shots of the the train is partially built out of musical instruments so you see all these instrument parts moving yeah and there's more energy in the the background sounds and it like just seems like oh it's a big exciting mechanical train yeah that was the train was very cool and then the end well maybe i shouldn't get into that yet should we like this i I don't think we've even mentioned saturnine the duckling yet who's the hero of the movie yeah well he doesn't even show up till about 15 minutes into the movie so yeah they spent a lot of time introducing there's a lot of animal characters and they spent a lot of time introducing them and it and i was wondering if it was ever really going to have a plot and i was sitting there taking notes because i knew we'd have to discuss this and it's like i can't do this there there are just too many different animals and i don't really know what their function in whatever story is going to happen is going to be my notes was mostly a list of names and then 80 percent of them didn't matter because right they don't right here well yeah and we were watching a a swedish cut of the movie so it was in swedish so the names were all different from the french version like that the animals had names like erickson and anderson and stuff like that so i i we should mention too that uh in that Huffington Post article, it mentioned that K. Gordon Murray. I mean, the um, the America, the English dub version is is the one that's everybody is looking for. That's totally lost. And the the Huffington Post article mentioned that it it was suspected that it was K. Gordon Murray who brought it to the states which is an understandable assumption but if you look at the trailer it says joseph e levine presents so it's like talk about the usual suspects Mm -hmm. you know so that's the origin of the english language version which is lost i don't know who lost it but it's yeah it might you know be in somebody's garage or it might be right nowhere so right or it might be in one of you listeners possession maybe you should clean out the closet and see if you have the copy of the secret of magic island or the secret of outer space island as it's also apparently called you know because it's a very it's very much a sci-fi film so anyway saturnine the duck shows up in town he's there to visit his friend is he that he's there to visit the cat right yeah apparently the cat is his cousin oh okay (laughs) (laughs) which makes sense (laughs) I I missed that. I'm so sorry I missed that the first time around. And the cats in the in the Swedish dub he's called Maestro Ericsson. What I liked about the animals is they're all very artistic cuz Saturnine is a poet. Yeah. And and Chassidou is the cat is a musician, right? Yeah. Is a 
Yeah. All right. So he comes to town and the Saturnine and he falls for uh, there's a duckling performer in the circus whose name I don't know who she is, but he she's she's a uh, Barbara. Barbara, yes. And he falls he falls for her, which of course means that she'll be menaced by the monkey villain at some point. There's weird fantasy when he falls in love with her from a drawing of her on a poster. Right. And he gives the drawing of the poster, I think, flowers, which the poster takes and then winks at him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm glad you remember this better than I do that. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's like a duckling version of Laura. He falls in love with her portrait, but yeah, he interacts with the portrait. The film goes into really wild, almost sci-fi territory at the end. Like the last act, we see the monkeys, the black trolls hide out, and he's got like a control room inside a mountain with a a big screen that he's monitoring the town with and then they have to and he's kidnapped the dog chocolat because the dog knows how to the dog plays the organ of course Mm -hmm. and and the the passcode to get the magic wand out of the box is a musical code so Mm -hmm. the monkey kidnaps the dog so to force it to play the code so he can get control of the wand so saturnine and chassis do save him and then there's a mad chase where they steal the monkey's amphibious car thing and (laughs) and there's a scene of them of the car like racing through the forest and and the monkey is firing missiles at it and there's explosions going off on all sides and it's almost like a jerry anderson kind of thing like it's it's actually kind of cool looking the model work is actually pretty good and the animals are not in the car when this is happening it's all miniature stuff it's hard to tell with it i mean it the (laughs) i can't I mean, I don't want to get into the the too much into the the treatment of the animals, but it's really hard to to gauge how how much the animals might have been mistreated. I I do I did notice that there was sort of a spin-off TV series from this Saturnine Lepti Canara. I mean, maybe I'm getting ahead of our, ourselves by talking about the TV show, but the TV show apparently had some kind of, when it was shown in the States later, it did have a Humane Society seal at the end, which yeah. makes me wonder how they could put a Humane Society seal on something that was made from 20-year-old recycled footage, you know. I don't think the Humane Society uh, even existed in france in france then? Well, maybe they they certified the editing room when they recut it <laughs> yeah yeah they they come in and the the humane society really all they do is they come in like the the main humane society guy comes and he just kind of waves a wand and he blesses the production yeah. It's, anyway, I'm sorry I got ahead of us with talking about... Do you want to talk about the TV series? The TV series is actually my first exposure to the world of Jean Touraine because it aired first on Fox Kids as the We'll Be Right Back After These Messages bumpers with a duckling who spoke in a spy voice. Mm-hmm. And then that was eventually turned into little short episodes called The Adventures of Dynamo Duck, which... Mm-hmm. It's all us true 90 kids know. It was voiced by Don Castellaneta and would appear randomly on the Fox Kids Morning Saturday 
mm-hmm. time. So like you never could, you never knew when it was going to show up. Like that confused me as a kid because I was used to everything having regular times and it just wasn't on certain weeks. I thought it was actually because it was showing later. So yeah, it was just a little interstitial kind of things. Yeah, I really liked them as a kid and I thought they were neat. But because it was so hard to actually find it, it became more like a mythical thing and then mm. went away. And that was that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd never heard of it. I did watch one of them recently on YouTube and it was interesting. And it was interesting how they put the old footage together and managed to make it sort of a spy spoof. But it struck me that it was sort of not maybe not adult oriented but there were some uh, obviously trying to snare adults too with the humor like the one i watched dynamo duck was reminiscing about his college days at berkeley in the late 60s and there was like a plot about student radicals and he and a detour to a psychedelic hangout in the haight ashbury and and you know and dynamo was kind of a stoner you know he's like you know in the flashbacks he's like hey man let's go to the heat and check out some you know so obviously not something that little kids watching the fox network would really get or care about but it but definitely interesting i mean if i had seen this i definitely would have wanted to find out more about it mm-hmm. and the the french series which was also a short i think it sounded like it was 15 minute episodes but it yeah. lasted for, it started in 1964 lasted for 76 episodes and then uh we don't know what happened do we know what happened to uh, jean Turin after that i guess he made another film about you said he made a film about a balloon or something he like that he produced a film about a balloon and i think not the red balloon though. no i think it's a different yeah. balloon one yeah and I guess he was at some point. This is what I got from a translation of a French piece about him. So it might be translation errors, but I guess he was a mayor for a while at some sort of art commune town. Huh. And that's all I could really find about. Mm-hmm. what he did but the the saturnine stuff there was picture books and toys and the the various compilation vhs's were released over a couple years in france and there's a box dvd set in french which i don't know if that has all the episodes or just selected mm-hmm. stuff and that's all i could really find on it mm-hmm this reminded me of the Polly Shane Kwan episode where you can find stuff about this movie on the internet, but it's kind of like when we were looking for information on Polly Shane Kwan, we just kept finding that same thing about all the martial arts she had black belts in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just you just keep coming across the same three little tidbits of information over and over again. Yeah, most um, of it was the the French Wikipedia entry on him just copied onto all these French sites. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I got to the point where I could recognize it without it being translated, just from <laughs> seeing, seeing the excerpts. Uh-huh. All of it just adds to the mystique of The Secret of Magic Island, though. Though so I will say his standalone animal photography looked okay. So. Uh-huh. From what I could find, like maybe, yeah. and some of the picture books, I don't know if they're episodes of the TV series or if they're just separate episodes. Although in one of them he appears to be holding a gun, so <laughs> I don't know if he's going hunting or if he's going to go murder somebody. So that uh-huh. yeah, he went dark. He went dark later. Yeah, yeah, and there's a there's actually a dog. Isn't the 
isn't it the dog uh, Chocolat that's the photographer in the town? Or there's at least a scene. Uh, yes, and it's another dog whose name I can't remember. Another dog. It's, yeah, it's a poodle or something. But yeah, he's the one who's always late, and so he's driving in the car and drives through the town and almost runs over a bunch of people. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a scene where a family of ducklings go to the fancy photographer and he takes their portrait shot. And, you know, maybe that was, he was meant to be the dog equivalent of Jean Turin. That was his interject into the movie. Yeah, so he makes his money to fund his art. Yeah. Do Anything more to say about... My favorite scene is there's a giant spider. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's menacing a lamb, and when the heroes show up, and I guess they have to fight the giant spider, and the, the giant spider, it's a robot giant spider, so it's not an actual giant spider. Right. So Yeah, it, it was weird that after seeing all the, all the live animals, when they go to a spider they have yeah it's an obvious fake spider yeah yeah it's it turns into a quest narrative at the end because after they get the wand or something that yeah they have to let me see saturnini goes to a fortune teller right that's an owl and yeah. she sets out what he has to do and one of the things he has to do is rescue an innocent and the innocent of course is this little lamb yeah and like a cobwebby little cave and there's it's being threatened by this giant spider and it, it's pretty horrifying <laughs> and uh, and and it's uh, saturnine and the cat his his cousin who fl they fly off in a balloon mm -hmm. which, which was you know pretty funny and the, yeah and, and that was weird too to see the duckling and a cat sort of cozying up to each other mm -hmm. and the and the cat looked a little the cat looked asleep in most of the yeah. most of the scenes you know so i don't know if he was tranquilized or what we'll never know and it's probably best that we never know mm -hmm. exactly how all these things were accomplished i, I would just imagine that the they wore the cat out with playing with string and then... right the cat was just having too much fun yes yeah my wife i was watching this and then my wife came home she'd been out and uh, she walked into the room and she saw, I can't remember what was on screen, something with the cat. She was like immediately transfixed by the movie and she came and she sat down and she was just kind of, it's that kind of movie where it's mm -hmm. like, what is this? And she's watching it. And she was engrossed until there was the scene where there was a kitten using a sewing machine and it looked <laughs> like it had like a real needle. And she was like, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. And she walked out of the room. But the kitten is okay. I mean, as far as we can see, the kitten is unharmed. Yeah, it's probably lucky she didn't see the pig using the the lathe or whatever it was using. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the pig. There's piglets. Yeah, the the variety of animals is really impressive. I'm trying to. I want to make sure not to confuse the other film we watched. Was it this movie that had baby alligators, or was it the other one? It was the other one. Yeah. The other one, okay. So we'll get to that. Quite an impressive array of, yeah. of animals. I do have one logistical, or one logistical thing about this film. So there's, I'm wondering about how the, the animals, you know, how they, you know, get together. Because there's, you know hamster families and rabbit families and duckling families but then there's also the mixed families where there's the the cat and the duck are cousins right yeah and then also it seems like the adult cats are a different group from the kittens because the yeah. kittens are dating each other but also the adult cats are separate so i don't know if they're right. considered a separate right. group the kittens are a separate species yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I got a bone to pick with you, Secret of Magic Island. Yeah. And is Per, I'm sorry, is Saturnine and Barbara, are they adults or are they children? Well, yeah, they're right. They're ducklings, and, they're, yeah. and it's the same thing. The, there's ducklings, and then there's adult ducks, like the family mm-hmm. that goes to get their picture taken. Yeah, I guess it's just you know, it's the actual secret of Magic Island. That's yeah, that probably is the secret. But anyway, needless to say, this is not a, a good educational film <laughs> if you're actually trying to learn yes. about. Yes, you can't watch it in biology class. And... Yeah, definitely not. Though it it would be awesome if you could. There are probably people who think that this sounds vaguely familiar, but yet has no familiarity with this movie, and thinks that there may have been more birds, and it's because you're actually sort of correct. There is another film like this. Yes. From America. From actually, it's eight years older, from 1948. It's called Bill and Coo. Yeah, indeed. And we should mention that this is one of the first, an, uh, another one of the first for this episode is we're actually going to discuss a Academy Award winning film on this episode. And that is Bill and Koo, which won an honorary Oscar in 1948 yeah. for being a film in which, quote, artistry and patience blended in a novel and entertaining use of the medium of motion pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Suck on that avatar. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Yes. And this is a film that it's all birds this time, which made it a little it it made a little more palatable uh, for me because it's meant as a showcase for train birds Mm -hmm. who were trained by this guy named George Burton. They're called Burton's birds. And so mainly what you're seeing is birds performing tricks and stunts that they've been trained to do. So they're acting independently Mm -hmm. rather than obviously having someone manipulate their hands or in some case, in some cases in uh, secret of magic Island, there's obviously like fake paws in front of the in front of the animals but here you're basically watching sort of a a trained bird act for most of the film yeah and like they have a little skit in front of the film where they show off that it's there's being trained right i guess to people would have been easily confused or something right yeah there's the dumb woman who's (laughs) for the audience who's like train birds what you know birds that perform tricks what uh like is that's the most amazing thing ever mm-hmm. yeah and also in that prologue the it's produced by this guy named ken murray who was a vaudeville performer came up with the idea for the movie and and as a means of showcasing george burton's birds and so we get him at the beginning he's also the narrator of the of the movie so he's like kind of a cigar smoking wise guy kind of character right yeah, yeah. yeah. he's like hi everybody we're working with birds it's moita you yeah. know so. and the, the director is uh, dean reisner this is the only thing he directed but he's probably best known for being a writer who wrote yeah Dirty Harry and Blue Thunder and a bunch of classic TV series. And he was script doctor for a lot of films. So you've seen a lot of Dean Reisner's stuff. 
Yeah, he was obviously a kind of a mainstream Hollywood player. Yeah, and he and he contributed to the scripts for a lot of 1970s Clint Eastwood movies. But maybe the most important thing about Dean Reisner is that he was married to Myla Nermi, aka Vampira. Yes. <laughs> so, you know. Also, he was an actor. This is another thing that makes him very noteworthy in in my book. He started out as a child actor and then went on to be a bit player in adulthood. And the uh, according to IMDb at least. His last screen appearance was in Mesa of Lost Women, which is was an early favorite horrible movie of mine. Mm-hmm. He's aces in my book. <laughs> so this movie is another honor it holds is of featuring the world's, well, either the world's smallest film set or if you read Wikipedia, the world's second smallest film set. I don't know what the first would be. Oh, it was probably some something that was filmed in a small room. Yes. Probably, probably Mumblecore, and it's probably terrible. Right, yeah, exactly. And it's set... And, I mean, these films... It's very hard to imagine that Jean Terrain did not see Bill and Coup because there's a lot of similarities between Yeah, it's shockingly similar in a lot yeah. of cases. Yeah, down to the, you know, it's the same thing. There's a there's the town that's uh, it's touted as being a utopia where where every bird can live his dream undisturbed, and and also the same gimmick of the circus comes to town in the mm-hmm. middle of the movie. So a huge portion of the movie is just birds watching other birds like ride little tricycles and stuff like that. Yeah. And down to the fact that the villain is a crow, and it's called the Black Menace. Mm-hmm. And I like to think that it was either that or a canary called the Yellow Peril, but yeah. <laughs> but that they decided a crow would be more threatening. So yeah, instead of the Black Troll, we have the Black Menace, mm-hmm. who's treated like he's basically treated like a giant monster yeah it's like godzilla and also you know it's an immediately post-war film so there's also whenever the black terror shows up flying over the town it's sort of like an air raid drill and Mm -hmm. the and the birds all have to get in a shelter which is called the 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 hat written on the door of the air raid shelter is frayed hole is that (laughs) f-r-a-i-d-h-o-l-e there's a lot of dumb gags like in the the set like there's little ads for bird centric products that lots of dumb bird puns the the character names are all sort of dumb you know bird puns you can tell it's you know it does have a kind of a corny vaudeville sense of humor to it Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's, so the, the guy, the crow who plays the Black Menace is Jimmy the Crow, who is actually really famous as well. Right, and there's a trainer credited. Yeah, he has, he has his own trainer, and you can tell that he doesn't really share the scenes with the other birds. Mm-hmm. They, they do editing tricks, and like I think the only time they're even together is when he's in a cage. That's what that's because of a contractual thing because the birds all the other birds were forbidden to look Jimmy the crow in the eye when they were on set. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> I, the, but Jimmy the crow doesn't really do much. He just kind of walks through the set. Yeah. They don't. He doesn't do any. He doesn't do any tricks or anything. Well, he, he doesn't he hold the match that's lit. Oh yes, he set. That's right. He sets fire to a to a house or yeah. to a hotel that's made of matches that has a fence made of matches which yeah. is 
<laughs> leap of narrative logic. Ken Murray's narration is really, really overwrought. He really, he really tries to pump as much melodrama as in is possible it's like the black menace glares with hatred at his check-tied nemesis his sadistic brain conjuring ever more diabolical schemes you know everything is like just so drenched in overwrought adjectives you know and it it, it, it kind of does help because again birds especially these these are all like parakeets and small birds so they're not the most expressive of animals <laughs> so yeah. you need that you need that the narration to punch up the uh, the level of emotion definitely there's other animals that appear but they appear in cages right as part of the circus act like there's kittens that are told to be panthers <laughs> right their own this is the one that had the baby alligators. Yeah, uh, they fly over the when they're in a balloon, which is another similarity. They fly over the, yeah. the alligators. Yeah. And there's also there's monkeys that are in a cage, and one of the monkeys is shaking, and the narrator comments about how that monkey is scared. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The monkey's like trembling, and yeah. he's like, "Look at that little guy. He sure is scared." And I'm like, "Yeah, he probably is really scared." And also at the center of this film, just like the other, we have a romance, which is between Bill and Koo. Bill being the boy bird. Bill Singer and uh, and Koo, I don't think gets to have a last name. No. But and she's imperiled. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, she's just said to be rich, and Bill's from the the poor side of town. But right. Hard work. He's saving lots of money so he can impress Koo's father. Right. It's a star-crossed romance, in other words. Yes. But then he he saves Koo from the flaming hotel that the the Black Menace has set alight. And the Black Menace does not have the cool kind of James Bond bad guy lair that the that the Black Troll did. But he, he just kind of randomly comes and attacks the town whenever he feels like it. Until the end when they have the... What is the name of their... Uh, they have like a secret plan. Oh, Operation Scarecrow. Isn't that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. 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 That, this one, yeah, the plot held. <laughs> I'm not going to like critique these movies. I would say Bill and Koo. The other movie is, is Stranger. Secret of Magic Island is Stranger and has that weird hypnotic quality but bill and coo had the story all together a little better it's yeah. a little less scattered and i guess it's not as confusing because you're dealing with all pretty much one species of animal throughout mm. it but it was it was also pretty weird and pretty it definitely yeah, it yeah pretty, put me in the zone i guess is what yeah, I'm trying to say. it's pretty entertaining it's just it's unfortunate that both these films have the weird racial thing yeah going on if it which is probably part of the reason why you don't see bill and coo on tv anymore because it seems like something kids would love still right but because of that it makes it unfortunate yeah, I had never heard of this movie either until you mentioned it to me. But it is it's in the public domain. It's it's actually not hard to find if you know the look for it. But yeah, cuz it's not it wouldn't have been broadcast on TV. Though I saw one thing that said that in the 60s and 70s it was a pretty regular, you know, afternoon TV staple, but uh, I never saw it. And that was those were prime TV watching years for me. But yeah, if you can, if you want to 
see it though you can i'm sure you can find it on like archive.org or uh yeah, or on, youtube yeah i know it's on youtube because that's where i first first figured out it was actually something related to the secret of magic island but yeah they make an interesting double feature mm-hmm. yeah and it also yeah i watched them back to back they're both very short too yeah they're both uh, like an hour yeah, they're both an hour long, which was great, because I've been watching a lot of Bollywood movies lately, so it was nice to see something that was all resolved over and done in an hour. I do think I like The Secret of Magic Island more, just because I think it's more fantastic. You know? Yes. Or, or fantastique. Or... Yeah, fanta- it is fantastique. Yes. Yeah, I thought, yeah, and I, I thought that last, like, the last 20 minutes of it is... is wonderful uh, i really enjoyed that whole thing yeah i think like i've looked for more modern stuff that's similar to this and the closest i can find are they have like dog animal actors mostly mm-hmm. but they use flash and other things to manipulate their arms and legs so mm-hmm. it's not not the same as an off-screen yeah. hand I kept thinking of Keyboard Cat while I was watching yeah. this Secret of Magic Island. Definitely a precursor of that. Heidi Fourpaws is the most most recent thing that's similar, although that uses the Flash thing. But you should Jeff, definitely at least look on YouTube for the Heidi Fourpaws yodeling scene, and you will your life will be changed. Yeah, I have to. I haven't seen that myself. <laughs> So, yeah, do I recommend these movies? I, I think that, you know, I feel kind of hypocritical because I, I was just on podcast on fire railing against the animal. Well, I guess the animal cruelty in, in Calamity of Snakes is like of another order because it's actually, you know, snakes being killed wholesale. I don't think the animals are being killed wholesale. But if you're sensitive to, to those issues, which I am, so I don't, yeah. you know, but there's just something, the novelty of the film is just hard to sort of escape it, its yeah. spell. But it's, 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 it's less obvious. Like in Milo and Otis, you can tell yeah. they're uncomfortable while in these. Like, I think the chicken's annoyed that it's getting his head washed. But... <laughs> well, but it is a fa- it is like one of his natural predators that yeah. is washing its hair. <laughs> so... Yeah. And we don't know what showed up on John Torrain's dinner table either, <laughs> so... <laughs> Who knows what happened to his performers. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, if he took a picture of it or not. Yeah. But, but at least, you know, that maybe that's, yeah, at least they got to go to Magic Island for a while. Yeah. So. You know, so, yeah, I don't know if I would recommend these movies. That's up to you. But uh, I found them very interesting. This was a very interesting episode for me because I'd never heard of either of these movies until Tars Tarkas told me about them. And then I, I, I watched them both in one night, and it was a very memorable evening indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've we've, I think we've uh, we're finished with this dog and pony show. Yeah. <laughs> In Infernal Brain news, we now have a YouTube channel. Which, oh, that's right. Uh, we will link in below because we were kicked off of Blip TV because we didn't bring them in any money. <laughs> so All now right. take that Blip TV. Yeah. So I moved everything over to to youtube for our uh the slideshow stuff so if you like the slideshow versions we're now on, we're now youtube and you can subscribe there or comment or call us horrible names or uh-huh. do whatever you want yeah tell us that we suck yes do you have anything you want to plug 
Fighting Femmes, Fiends, and Fanatics web series is back with new episodes. We just did one on Blue Demon versus the Infernal Brains, appropriately enough, and that can be found on YouTube. Uh, we have a YouTube channel now, too. We also have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com uh, slash fightingfems, one word. So check that out. And other than that, I'm just you know doing my blog and all that stuff and i'm and i have another episode of taiwan of podcast on fire taiwan noir coming up to talking about crazy taiwanese movies that sounds cool so we will adjourn this this meeting to go on our our quests to to get, save innocence yeah to retrieve wands and yeah <laughs> all that all that fun stuff yeah and so until next time this is the infernal brain signing off see ya Mesdames, Mesdemoiselles, Messieurs, l'ORTF présente les aventures de, de Saturnin. Saturnin, c'est moi. C'est un film de Jean Touran.